0: Everyone loves a good family mystery to reveal a scandalous family secret. You guys, I love getting lost in this world. It's so beautiful and engaging, and I can't wait to unwind at the end of the day on the couch with this game and a cup of tea. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
1: you don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed.
0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder with my husband. I'm Peyton Morland,
1: and I'm Garrett Morland, and he's
0: the husband, and
1: I'm the husband.
0: We hope you guys had an amazing week last week. I know that it's officially spooky season, and from what I gather, most of us who like true crime actually love Halloween time too. So happy spooky month for all of you who love Halloween like I do.
1: <laughs> Halloween's a pretty cool time of the year.
0: We don't even know what we're gonna be for Halloween. No, we don't. This we have, year we
1: haven't even talked about it
0: it Uh -uh. maybe you guys should go on our social media and let us know if you guys have an idea for what we should dress up as we do like to dress up last year we were doc and marty from back to the future yep and the year before that we were the adams family with just the two of us
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was fun though. yeah
0: i did enjoy that one too just a reminder for everyone who is listening if this is the first episode you are listening to welcome we are so excited to have you Um, but we've been getting some confusion so just so you know I love true crime and Garrett my husband hates it and every week I tell him a true crime story that he knows absolutely nothing about he hasn't even heard the story I'm pretty sure that Garrett just knows the name Ted Bundy. He probably doesn't even know what Ted Bundy still to this day has done. We've done how many episodes of these? A lot.
1: And she's not lying. I really haven't heard any of these cases. It's yeah. all completely new information to me.
0: Yeah. So just so you know, that's the gig. That's how this podcast goes. It's fun. It's different. And we're so excited to have you here. So let's just go ahead and jump into today's story. But here's my sources. www.noxnews.com wikipedia.org, dub w- wbir.com, wvlt.tv.content, and medium.com. Before we hop into it, this case was suggested to us by Beth Matthews0801 on Instagram. So thank you so much, Beth, for suggesting this in. It's the year 2007, and we are in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is a tranquil hub of East Tennessee. Knoxville, although having more PhDs per capita than almost any other city is very culturally divided. There is West Knoxville, which is the wealthy area of the city, good schools, country clubs, that type of thing. People there describe it as the West and then the rest. So meaning the West is the top notch of the city, and then there's everyone else who lives in the city. Not that the rest of Knoxville is bad or anything, But the city is definitely a painting of high school cliques. Okay. Shannon Christian was a 21-year-old blue-eyed, blonde-haired young girl who grew up on the West Side. She was so kind, made friends with everyone in high school. People say she actually wasn't into cliques as much. She bounced around and could kind of hang out with anyone. After high school, Shannon enrolled at the University of Tennessee for college and made the decision to live at home and save money while going to school. She had a full class schedule and two jobs. During this time of life, Shannon really took to her get-along-with-anyone personality and met a 23-year-old construction worker named Christopher Newsom. He had been a baseball player in high school and was a successful hard worker. Shannon Christian and Chris Newsome fell for each other immediately. It was cold in January 2007 in Knoxville, Tennessee. Shannon and Chris were still in their honeymoon phase and getting along perfectly. On January 6, 2007, Shannon was hanging out with her friend named Kara Sowards. They were getting ready together for a party and were waiting on Chris and his friends to come pick them up. Around 7.30 p.m., Chris calls Shannon to tell her that he's running late. Shannon tells Kara, go ahead, just go to the party. I know you want to get there. Go without me. I'll wait here and wait for Chris to come pick me up. You just take your car and drive there and I'll meet you at the party. Kara, eager to get to the party, agrees and leaves Shannon at her home in the Washington Ridge apartment complex. As the night goes on and Kara realizes that Shannon and Chris never actually made it to the party, she begins to worry. Maybe they decided to ditch the party and just hang out them too, but that's not like Shannon to just not check in. She tries calling her multiple times, but Shannon won't answer any of Kara's calls. When Shannon failed to return home to her parents' house that night and never checked in to let them know why, Shannon's mom tries calling. Shannon also won't answer her. It wasn't until the next day when Shannon's boss called to ask why Shannon never showed up for her shift that That her parents knew something was seriously wrong. Shannon's parents decided to call Kara, her friend that she had been with that night, and ask if Shannon ever came back to her apartment that night. But according to Kara, Chris's truck was in the parking lot, so it seems like he showed up to pick her up, but Shannon's forerunner was gone. So instead of Chris coming to pick her up and take her to the party in his truck,
1: Shannon's car was gone. Shannon's
0: car is gone and his car is now in the parking lot.
1: Okay, that's interesting.
0: They attempt to call the hospitals, gels, anywhere they can think of, but they hear nothing about the whereabouts of their daughter. At this point, Shannon's parents get a hold of Chris's parents, and together they decide to file a missing persons report after discovering that his parents, too, hadn't heard from Chris since the night before. Both of the college-aged kids' lovebirds were missing. But being that, you know, Chris and Shannon were these two lovebirds in a college town with a car and they'd really only been missing for not even 12 hours, the police are like, okay, calm down. Like it's not that rare for two lovebirds to just run off for the weekend and hang out, you know, so they don't accept the missing person's report. They're like, come back to us in a couple days if they're still gone.
1: So was Chris from the West side or the quote unquote rest?
0: The side? rest side.
1: Okay. I was just trying to figure out if there's any drama between the whole West and rest of them dating together. Yeah,
0: so as far as that goes, I mean, she did meet a new clique of friends, but he was a successful kid. There was nothing, you know, scary or bad about him. Her parents liked him. Like, there was nothing in that situation as to... No
1: bad blood or anything? mm -mm. Okay.
0: So at this point... Shannon's dad gets a hold of his phone company and asks them if they can see where his daughter's phone last pinged. With no help from local authority, he had to do something. The phone company gets back to him and claims that Shannon's phone had last pinged near Cherry Street, which was extremely nerve-wracking for everyone involved because... Cherry Street was in the middle of industrial land in a part of town that had a very dangerous reputation. Cherry Street was known kind of as the crime street in Knoxville. This is where the drugs rotated through, the gangs roamed, like it was just kind of that street, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they were just, why the heck is our daughter's phone pinging on probably what could be known as the most dangerous street in our city? Yeah. Shannon and Chris's parents are worried. They know that their kids know they shouldn't go to that part of town, especially at night. What could their kids have been doing there? Despite the risk an organized search for Shannon and Chris made up of family and friends begins on that part of town for hours. They searched even through the night, but they find nothing. So keep in mind, you have a whole group of people from the West side of town, um, coming down to what could be known as the worst part of town Mm -hmm. and searching and so how weird that was for community for both communities really because there was no like mixing over in this it was very divided
1: and i assume there was no way to track her car
0: no That same day, January 7th, a train conductor spots what he believes to be human remains along railroad tracks. Oh, no. Cops head out to investigate and discover a burned nude body of a young man. More than 80% of his body had been burned, but DNA testing still confirmed that it was Chris Newsome, her boyfriend. Devastatingly, evidence shows he had been gagged, bound, and shot three times in the back, neck, and head officers break the news to his family and i like talk about the most heartbreaking thing you could probably ever hear Mm -hmm. with the discovery of chris police immediately take shannon's disappearance seriously now i mean they they're kind of in panic mode they're like crap we totally ignored these parents and now he's dead
1: i mean for any parent any of these murders or stories is just heartbreaking like it's just oh it's crazy
0: On January 8th, 2007, friends and family continue searching on the side of town where Chris had been found. It's at this point that on the streets of Chipman and Glider, Shannon's father finds his daughter's abandoned forerunner. Cops respond and immediately search the car. It had been recently cleaned and the driver's seat was leaned pretty far back, too far back that Shannon couldn't have driven like that. The Knoxville Police Department finished processing Shannon's car and find a thumbprint on an envelope in the back seat of the forerunner. When ran, the fingerprint came back to a man named LaMarcus Davidson, who was an ex-con. He had actually just been released from prison not even a few months ago. And guess what for? Carjacking.
1: Oh, So... I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but it seemed like everything was going so well when she was at the apartment. Yes. And within seconds, it went wrong.
0: Mm hmm. Police contact LaMarcus's parole officer. They discover that his current address is 2316 Chipman Street, which is only a few blocks away from where Chris's body was found. So I just want to lay out Chris's body's found. Her car is found and where this Lamarcus is whose fingerprint was just found in the back Mm -hmm. of her car's houses is all in this part of town within a couple blocks from each other okay so on January 9th in full gear the Knoxville Police Department approached Lamarcus's place of residence walk in and find nobody the rental house is empty police search the house it's empty but messy definitely not ideal living conditions there's like a chair Kind of like an abandoned house, but Uh I guess you could live in it, but there's literally nothing in it. In the corner of the kitchen, next to like just a table with one chair, police notice a black trash can and some trash bags. They start to investigate, but are stopped in their tracks. When they lift the lid off the trash can, they are devastated. Inside the garbage can in the corner of the kitchen was the body of Shannon Christian. She had been wrapped in five large trash bags and her head was wrapped in a white grocery store shopping bag.
1: Oh my gosh. So she was dismembered? No. Oh.
0: She was stuffed into it. They said she was hog tied and then bent into the garbage can. Police went into the house looking for LaMarcus but came out finding Shannon's body instead. She had actually suffocated in the trash can so she was alive when she was put in there. She had been stuffed down and pretty hard. Police now have to deliver the news to her parents. And once again, like, I just can't. Within two days, they've delivered the news to both of these families. That so horrible. These horrible things have happened to their college age kids who, like, this shouldn't have happened to.
1: Oh, it makes me sick. Like, I still, I know. we've done so many of these stories and I still can't stomach some of these.
0: I know. When medical examiners take a look at both bodies, they discovered just how gruesome their attacks were. I will not be going into detail here, but they were both violently raped and beaten. This torture went on for hours, like majority of the night that they were kidnapped, basically. Yeah. So at this point, the community is obviously freaking out. Two college kids were taken and tortured on a different part of town. And apparently like these towns like the west side versus the rest side was already kind of a big deal but now this being like well our safe kids were safe over here and they went to your part of town and now look what happened to them the battle between the two sides of the town was just heating up which was also just so unnecessary when we just needed to be focusing on these kids Mm -hmm. you know Police are vigorously searching for LaMarcus at this point. His fingerprint was found on the envelope in the back of Shannon's forerunner and Shannon's body was just found in his rental and Chris's body was found a couple blocks away from the rental. So they're like, uh, obviously have suspects. Yeah. It
1: seems pretty obvious where the evidence. Yes.
0: Yes. When they attain records for the lease on the rental that Shannon's body was found in, police discover that not only was it being rented to LaMarcus Davidson, but also to a woman named Daphne Sutton. Police are able to locate Daphne and bring her in for questioning, where she states that she had no idea about the murders of the college kids. She had actually moved out of the rental a couple days before Shannon and Chris went missing. Daphne tells police that Lamarcus is definitely still in the area and that the days leading up to the murders, him and his crew had been terrorizing the area by performing multiple armed robberies. His crew, police discover that Lamarcus had a half-brother named Latalvis Cobbins, who had recently come to visit him since he had been in prison earlier. So he got out of prison and his brother came to visit him.
1: That sucks, right? Like, he gets out of prison and then he just... I mean, we're not done yet, but goes and kills two people.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Latalvis had actually brought his friend named George Thomas with him, as well as his girlfriend named Vanessa Coleman. So Latalvis, who is LaMarcus's half-brother, also came with George and Vanessa. Okay. All three of them were homeless and carless and staying with LaMarcus at his rental house that Shannon's body was found in.
1: So if all of them were staying there, how come it was so empty?
0: Yeah, I because none of them had money.
1: Okay. They so were they just... just mm-hmm. Was there like beds and everything? Do you know?
0: I don't know about the beds because I only saw pictures of like the living room and the kitchen, but it basically just looked like a rental property and they went out and...
1: Just a roof over their heads, yes, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So LaMarcus Davidson's crew that Daphne was referring to is him, his half-brother, LaTalvis and Latalvis's girlfriend, Vanessa, and his friend, George. This information actually helps investigators in the way that they had figured that the murders hadn't been committed by just LaMarcus. There was way too much torture and time that they were held for it to be just one person. Daphne ends up giving police information of LaMarcus's current whereabouts. He had been hiding out in a house not far from the crimes itself. His friend named Eric Boyd was helping him evade the police and hiding him out. Investigators assemble their team and enter the new house that they suspect him to be in. They find Lamarcus in there and arrest him, but they don't find the rest of the crew.
1: I'm surprised that Daphne, that's her name, correct? Yes. I'm surprised she helped them and she wasn't scared that she would get killed.
0: I know. So apparently she had just like broken up. She was kind of dating Lamarcus. Okay. And they had had like abusive relationship and she had just broke up with him a couple of days before. So her. she was so like, she was just like, I'm oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Here he is. Have him. You know, it yep. wasn't me though. Inside the house that LaMarcus was hiding out in, when they search it, they find Chris Newsome's shoes in the house with LaMarcus. This, the fingerprint in Sh- Shannon's car, oh and her body in his rental, give them plenty to book him on. LaMarcus denies any involvement in the murders in his interviews.
1: But just happens to have his shoes.
0: Every single piece of evidence you could ever want. It's a, It's like a. like It's like a given. It's a yeah. solid case. When they bring up his crew, um, helping him with the attack, you know, well, if you throw people under the bus, you can get a better deal, whatever he goes, I'm leaving everyone's name out of my mouth. So he doesn't turn on anyone and he denies any involvement.
1: ensuring your heart rate remains as elevated as your imagination
0: new members can try audible for free for 30 days visit audible.com slash mwmh or text mwmh to 500 500 that's audible.com slash mwmh or text mwmh to 500, 500.
1: We're jumping into an ad right now, and I, no joke, I've had this question I think about all the time because I hate getting sick. Do you ever wonder why some people just don't get sick? One of the reasons you can help yourself from getting sick is Armra Colostrum. Our audience, receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash husband or enter husband to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's tryarmr dot slash husband.
0: Police go back to the house that they had just found LaMarcus in to see if they can find any more evidence as to where the rest of the people involved in the crime might be. They discover some DVDs that happen to be overdue from a library that's in Kentucky.
1: They follow the
0: trail to Kentucky, find the home that the DVDs were rented to, and enter. George Thomas, Latalvis Cobbins, and Vanessa Coleman were all hiding out in the house.
1: That was so smart. I would not have thought of that.
0: So smart. In this house, Shannon's perfume and wallet were found in Vanessa, who is Latalvis' girlfriend's, purse
1: why why do people keep stuff like i'm not rooting for them to get away with it obviously it just i don't comprehend why people keep stuff from people that they totally murder
0: so to me i think this was just a bunch of criminals committing a crime who days prior had literally gone on a spree of armed robbery zero. and gone away with it because they lived in that part of town and so i just think there was zero idea that they would even get caught
1: or they just don't care yeah that's so messed up
0: Latalvis, george and vanessa are booked for the murders and none of them are talking csi continue to process the houses in this case and find a mound of evidence to use against these suspects who aren't talking and they already had a mound of evidence but this is what they find now that they have all three houses and all of the people LaMarcus's fingerprints were also found on the trash bags that Shannon's body was in. Vanessa Coleman's DNA was found on the sheets used to bind Shannon. George Thomas's gun matched ballistics from the bullets found in Chris's body. And DNA from both LaMarcus and LaTalvis was found in and on Shannon's body.
1: Oh my gosh. So they're all guilty.
0: Yes. The evidence was massive and they used it to turn the suspects against each other because none of them were talking. When police put all the suspect stories together of who did what and who blamed who, they actually were able to come up with an idea of what happened that fateful night. I will say this is the first draft of what police think happened because everyone is only telling half truths in order to save their own butt. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: On the night of January 6th, the crew were prowling the streets looking for a car to jack. They saw Chris and Shannon sitting in their car kissing and at gunpoint, the crew ambushed the couple and threw them in the back of the forerunner. They headed back to LaMarcus's house he was renting on Chipman Street where the traumatizing events happened. Chris was taken to the train tracks, assaulted, and killed. They came back and continued to torture and attack Shannon, but realized that they will eventually have to kill her too because she's a liability for them. They wrap her up, stuff her into the trash can, and leave her there to die. They then all run away because they know they will probably have to hide it out for a minute. In October of 2009, people are getting ready for the trials of the defendants of those accused of killing this college couple. In pretrial, the state announces that they are seeking the death penalty for all four of the defendants and actually trying another defendant that nobody knew about, the man, Eric Boyd, who was helping hide out LaMarcus. They will be trying him in the carjacking, which means that he was there for the carjacking that night.
1: Okay. But apparently they haven't found his DNA anywhere.
0: So they couldn't place him and no one else, none of the other people involved placed him there either. This next part is according to Wikipedia. On April 16, 2008, Eric Boyd, who was the one that hid LaMarcus out, was found guilty in federal court of being an accessory to a fatal carjacking and for failing to report the location of a known fugitive. He was sentenced to a maximum of 18 years in federal prison. On August twenty fifth, 2009, Latalvis Cobbins was found guilty of the murders of Shannon Christian and Christopher Newsom he faced the possibility of the death penalty because he was convicted of first degree of felony murder. He was found guilty, but he was acquitted of Chris's okay. rape. The jurors came back after ten hours and sentenced him to life without parole.
1: So did the did acquitting that even matter, or was it just another charge that wasn't So kind on? of
0: what happened in the confessions was Latalvis would be like, I was there. Yeah, I was there, but I didn't rape Chris. And so then they'd ask the other people. So did Talvis rape Chris and two of them would say yes and the other one would say no. So they were just trying their best to piece together. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why we're going to see some of the some of the charges go to some of them and some of them have go go to the other.
1: But it seems like there's so many charges it doesn't even oh, matter. Oh, there's so
0: many charges. Okay. On October 28th, 2009, Lamarcus Davidson was found guilty after trying to convince everyone that Shannon and Chris had willingly come to his house on Chapman Street that night to buy drugs because he was a drug dealer. The jurors unanimously agree, though, that this is not true. And they found that Lamarcus should receive the death penalty on the four called capital charges.
1: So they want him to receive a death penalty. Now, does that have to go through other steps or is that is that it?
0: Yes, he did. And in June of 2010, he is actually sentenced to the death penalty and now he's on death row. Okay. So, keep in mind Eric Boyd was charged first just for the carjacking, um 18 years. Latalvis is then charged for the murders. They were trying to get the death penalty and said he gets life in prison without possibility of parole. Then LaMarcus is charged. They try to go for the death penalty. He gets the death penalty. On December 8th, 2009, George Thomas was found guilty on multiple counts, and the jury also sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And then they end up convict- convicting Vanessa, but she doesn't get the death penalty, and she doesn't even get life in prison. She just gets like, I think it was like 80 years or something.
1: Is there a reason? Like, did was there charges that didn't stick with her, or what happened there? So
0: I think what they were assuming is that she didn't do any of the killing or the rape. Okay. All she did was help. Like she tied up the bodies and she helped in the carjacking, stuff like that.
1: Because they only found her DNA on the trash bags, yeah, correct?
0: On the... the on the, Oh,
1: sorry, on the sheets yes, that tied them. Yes, that
0: tied... Yes. And so I think they're assuming the only DNA that was found on the bodies was Mel DNA for the sexual assault. And they assumed that she didn't do any of the killings And I either.
1: guess we'll never know.
0: Well, know. well maybe. There's something coming up that might give us okay. more an idea what happened, but it's also still could be swayed. Okay. So in 2012, retrials were set after for all four of these people after the initial presiding judge that, that handled their cases originally was disbarred due to an addiction to pain medication and sexual allegations. So the judge that presided over their cases in 2012, what they had to give him all a retrial because he came out and was like, at that time, I was addicted to pain meds and he had some sexual allegations going on.
1: Did that happen for all the past trials that he was involved in? Yes. Oh, my god! They have to
0: go through the Supreme Court and decide what they're going to do for all of them. Okay. So only half of them are retried because the Tennessee state Supreme court decides that LaMarcus Davidson and LaTalvis Cobbins, the two half brothers, um, they claimed that their sentences stand. So they're not going to retry them and they're going to stay with the sentence they were given. Vanessa Coleman's retrial though, produced an even more reduced sentence for her. Wow. And George's George Thomas's sentence ended up just being the same life in prison without the possibility of parole in 2018. Eric Boyd, who helped LaMarcus Davidson hide out and then was sentenced and then was charged for the carjacking, um, was tried again for more than just the carjacking and after testimony from George Thomas was also indicted for the murder of Christopher Newsom at the, at the demands of LaMarcus Davidson. So years later,
1: wow. Eric
0: Boyd is tried again for actual murder, for actually doing more than just the car jacking and it's because george thomas who was also there part of the crew involved came out and said no he did more
1: i wonder what made him come out considering he had life in prison
0: i know i don't know and on august 13th 2019 a jury found eric boyd guilty on nearly all charges including two charges of premeditated first degree murder and multiple charges of rape against both victims At this new trial for Eric Boyd, another version of events was painted nearly 12 years after the murders of Shannon and Chris.
1: It's so weird how all these new stories start coming out from...
0: Seriously. And I'm like, come on. Like, that just sucks. It sucks for the family. It sucks for everyone. What if more people have to get tried? Then that's on the state. You know what I'm saying?
1: But I'm glad they're in prison or at least didn't get away with it.
0: Me too. So... Latalvis Cobbins says that LaMarcus claimed he owed money to a woman who lived in, get this, the Washington Ridge apartment complex, which was the same complex that Kara lived at that her and Shannon were getting ready for the party at that night. Mm-hmm. Eric Boyd, being the only member of the crew who had a car, offered to drive LaMarcus to the apartment complex um to pay the money basically, but he didn't have the money. He was broke. So I'm not quite sure like
1: what they were doing, what they were
0: doing. And Latalvis, his half brother came along. So it's Eric LaMarcus and Latalvis in the car. But when they get there, they come across Shannon who was sitting in her driver's seat of her forerunner. And Chris was standing there with the door open and they were just kissing. LaMarcus decides at that point that they're going to carjack them. So him and Eric walk up, hold them at gunpoint, force them into the back of the forerunner and head back to the house on Chipman street. Latalvis drove Eric Boyd's car home. So it was just three of them in okay. this news story. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we don't know if this is the truth. This is still just based off of what these five people are saying happened that night. I
1: don't get why they're even changing their stories at this point. I know.
0: So according to Knoxnews.com, George Thomas testified at Eric Boyd's new trial he said that Latalvis Cobbins, Lamarcus Davidson, and Eric Boyd left the Chipman Street House and when they returned, the trio brought back in the house with them Shannon Christian and Chris Newsom, both of whom were bound and blindfolded. George Thomas said that Lamarcus um, led Shannon into his bedroom and after a brief chat with Eric told George to go with him and he didn't say why. So George said at this point he had no idea that Eric had planned to kill Chris.
1: Once you try Bombas, you'll never look at socks the same way again. They've obsessed over details like foot-hugging, honeycomb arch support, anti-blister tabs, and cushioned footbeds that feel like pillows for your feet. let's not forget their super soft tees and tagless underwear. Bombas has a one-purchased equals one donated mission. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you also donate essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. Today, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting.
0: they're so soft, they pay attention to details. I just really, really love Bombas.
1: Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com/husband and use code husband for 20% off your first purchase. That's B O M B A S.com/husband and use code husband at checkout.
0: Taking charge of my health is all about being super conscious of what I fuel my body with. Whether it's food or supplements, I'm constantly on the lookout for the top choices, and that's why I'm stoked to share with all of you Thorn.
1: dot fit slash husband code husband these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration the product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So like we all have stuff that stresses us out, right? Whether it's big or small, it can really get to us if we keep it all inside. And therapy is a safe space to just let it all out and figure out how to deal with the stuff that's weighing us down. And I am such a huge advocate for therapy. It truly has changed my life for the better. I could go on and on. I feel like I have the tools now to handle panic attacks or just major stressors in life. And also a safe space to say whatever I need to say to an unbiased party.
1: If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge.
0: So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com husband today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot husband. So they came in and LaMarcus said, Eric and George go with, go in the car and take Chris. Mm -hmm. George says that he saw Eric lead Chris behind some trees, saw three muzzle flashes and watched as Eric retrieved a gas can and a short time later saw a fire. George insists that Chris was still wearing his pants the last time he saw him. But keep in mind, Chris was nude from the waist down when his body was discovered. He had been raped, but all of the DNA evidence had been destroyed by the fire. Okay. So I don't really personally, I don't think George is telling the whole story because he's making himself out this whole time to just be an accomplice Mm -hmm. and have nothing to do with the murders.
1: He's making himself look good. Yes. As good as you can look. As
0: good as you can look in this situation. So I don't know if this is the truth. He's also saying, You know, I'm, man, I didn't see that guy get raped. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch, you know. And it's like, well, he was found half naked. So when did that happen? You know, George says that Eric didn't say a word when he returned to the vehicle without Chris's, Chris, because Chris was now burning. um, And the pair went back to the Chipman Street. And then when they walked in, George says that Eric looked at LaMarcus and said, that's taken care of.
1: Oh my gosh, this whole story is, is so sad
0: i know so although we still probably don't have the full version and truth of what happened that tragic night to shannon and chris their memory is still celebrated this was a cruel and unthinkable act made by people who brought out the worst in each other the house on chipman street was eventually demolished because of the torture and darkness that happened there that night and that's the story of shannon christian and christopher newsome
1: oh man That was a hard one because, I mean, they're all hard and they're all crazy, but that one just seems so vivid, I guess. You know, this is
0: a pretty difficult one for people because it really, I mean, you don't think of a victim being this college age couple who had everything going for them, then literally getting kidnapped and tortured and raped and killed. It's
1: horrible. Anything that involves torture really yeah, kind of gets to me. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's hard for me to react to the story, yes because that just well, ugh, it's, it's just, horrible. just heartbreaking. Yeah, totally. It's
0: just heartbreaking, and you know, I do feel for these families because I I truly do believe that we don't have the full story of events. I mean, what twelve years later, all of a sudden they're like, never mind, it was this guy Eric who actually killed Chris. Yeah, like. Well, that, why didn't you any of you say that 12 years earlier, you know, so yeah. I don't feel like we have the full story of events. At least I do confidently feel like we have the five people who did it.
1: So the only person getting out, quote unquote, early is Vanessa.
0: Yes. The rest of them are life in prison without the possibility of parole. And LaMarcus Davidson is uh, on death row and he's supposed to be put to death by lethal injection. Wow. OK. Yeah. So we'll keep you updated if we hear anything more on this story. But so far, nothing new has come out.
1: So Peyton and I decided to do something pretty cool in the next coming weeks. We're actually going to a conference, um, November 6th and November 7th. So it is going to be in the state that we live in, which is Utah.
0: And it's in the city, Sandy, it's called pinners conference. And it's a really fun conference. We've gone in past years just as attendees, um, you just kind of walk around and there's a whole bunch of small businesses, bigger businesses um, selling products, selling themselves basically to you. So we are going to go and set up a booth and we would literally absolutely love if anyone from utah who listens to us wants to come see us and say hi we will have merch there which is going to be really fun and we're just going to kind of talk to people reach out kind of hope to meet people that are a part of this crew and our family and we are so excited keep in mind there will be specific guidelines for covid and so we will post those everyone will be masked up and everything but it should be super fun
1: and even if you're not from utah and you for some reason love us So much that you want to drive down and visit us. (laughs) That would be actually pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie.
0: Oh, man. We just hope that we can... And like I said, there is so much more there than just us. There's so much to do. We're probably
1: the only podcast there. Everyone else is like products and just different businesses. Boutiques, whatever.
0: Um, Yeah, we're kind of a little bit out of our element, but we really just wanted to get out there and find a fun way to talk to you guys. And so we're super excited to do that. So what are the dates again, honey?
1: November 6th and November 7th. And if you just get on Google and type in Pinners Conference Utah, all the information should pop up.
0: Totally. And we would just love, love, love to see you guys there. Remember to follow us on all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Murder With My Husband. We get a lot of great conversations going on there and it's a fun little community. And we'll see you guys next week. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye.